we have yet another Chris Sale update, and we ask the question, did spring training matter for anyone's stock? Like death and taxes, Dodger's been a Dodger. I have That's not had uh, three go-throughs uh, yet. It works great in a fantasy league. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15. On The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15 for Friday, March 20th. I'm Al Melkier, and I'm joined here by Derek Van Riper and DVR. Uh, even with no baseball, we have had updates on Chris Sale's situation. And uh, in fact, even on Thursday's show, we had what seemed to be a, a slightly encouraging update that he was going to start throwing again. Obviously, that did not go well because now the new update is that he's going to have Tommy John surgery. Yeah, Ken Rosenthal of The Athletic made the announcement Thursday afternoon. And, you know, it it makes sense just given the number of opinions that he had on his arm. And we know oftentimes that flexor strains are uh, similar to UCL tears. They, they're often one and the same in that they occur together. Not that they're the exact same process. They're different parts of the arm. But I look at the Chris Sale news and, and think, well, at least we have clarity because Whenever this 2020 season begins, he was one of those guys who was definitely going to be in limbo. I mean, teams don't have players working out at their facilities, and they don't have players rehabbing at their facilities. So the players with known injuries are in this really unusual place where they may have to kind of pick up their rehab where they left it off or even go back a little bit to kind of progress back to the point that they had previously reached. And in sales case, you know, how he was going to be handled was a huge question mark. Hopefully the injury um, going this route at least is treated for the long haul. And by the time we get to 2021, you know, he might be able to get back into a completely normal sort of routine post-surgery. Yeah. So, uh, you know, as you say, we have some clarity in a, in a way that's a good thing. But uh, yeah, he is uh, out uh, for whatever there is of a 2020 season. But l- let's go back to a discussion that we had um, a few days back DVR in relation to our uh, our Tout Wars teams, because uh, if I recall, you um, you got James Paxton on your on your roster. Uh, first of all, do, am I remembering that right? <laughs> and secondly, if I am, uh, does you know what you just said? Does that change anything that you might have been thinking about Paxton, you know, back when you got him uh, in terms of, you know, maybe not being able to project a normal recovery period for him or anybody else that's injured? Yeah, so I did draft Paxton over the weekend. I think I paid $13 for him in the Mixed Out Wars auction and his situation slightly different. It's you know, the microscopic lumbar disectomy to remove a paradiscal cyst was the proper surgery that he had. And I think in terms of the rehab, it's a little different than, say, uh, a player coming off of a labrum injury, such as like a Byron Buxton or an Adalberto Mondesi, uh, different than a player coming back from Tommy John a year ago, such as a, a Corey Knable, but still in this category of, of relative unknowns. And you know, if he's just completely recovered and didn't really have extra rehab work to do, then it's possible that he's less affected. Um, the reports I saw just the, the other day on, on James Paxton were that he could return to the mound by the start of the regular season. This was according to Brian Hoke of MLB.com. Um, mm-hmm. So 
it seems like he might be slightly different, but I think even the different cases have to be looked at through a unique lens because of what we're dealing with right now. Yeah, it's just a whole lot of uncertainty. That's going to be the uh, the refrain for uh, for weeks to come. Uh, we do have some more certainty in terms of some of the issues that MLB is having to grapple with in terms of some, in terms of some scheduling issues. Not that I think that this is anything but a foregone conclusion anyway, but a couple of series that were going to be out of uh, the uh, continental U.S. in uh, in April, they uh, have now been officially canceled. Uh, there was a scheduled series in, in Puerto Rico uh, between the Mets and the Marlins. That's been canceled. And then um, in Mexico, there was a scheduled series with the Diamondbacks and Padres. So that, uh, too, has been officially canceled. The London series between the, uh, the Cubs and the Cardinals, that one, there's no announcement there yet because that is outside the window of that eight-week period where MLB is following the CDC guidelines. So that one's still per- perhaps in play. I- I'll just go out on a limb here and say that I'll be surprised if that one does happen. But uh, at least for now, there's there's no announcement. Uh, Major League Baseball also is considering canceling this year's amateur draft, which is obviously a huge deal, and postponing the international signing period. And they have, uh, in, in a good development here, uh, announced a plan to uh, compensate minor leaguers at least through April 8th. Uh, there are a few exceptions to that, but uh, that's certainly uh, some welcome news overall. I think part of the activity we are seeing right now is that players have opt-out clauses in their contracts that are triggered by a certain date. And even though we are shut down, those dates are still approaching. And as that happens, teams have to make a call. And it's just... Again, unprecedented, so there's not any sort of agreement to just push those back until things pick up again later this spring. It seems like those dates are passing. Teams are letting players go. Uh, Interestingly, Alex Wood, the pitcher for the Dodgers, uh, had some commentary when the news of the draft possibly uh, being in peril came out, and he wrote, I'd be shocked if this actually happened the teams absolutely love the draft. They get premium controllable talent at an absolute fraction of what it should cost them. And mm-hmm. I agree wholeheartedly with Alex Wood's position on this. It seems like one of the last things that Major League Baseball would would shut down. Uh, there are some rules that have gone into effect. I think we're just learning about those today as well. That um, you know, There's bans on scouting activity, and that includes... No contact via text, email, phone, or video with 2020 draft-eligible prospects or international prospects, too, or their parents, mm-hmm. coaches, advisors, and trainers. Additionally, this is according to Kylie McDaniel of ESPN, buying new video and data is banned as well. So I have no idea how that's actually going to be enforced. I mean, re- remote contact would be pretty difficult for Major League Baseball to monitor. Uh, but it does sort of kind of hint at the possibility that the draft actually is in danger of of not happening. But it seems to me that's exactly the kind of event. I I know teams have less information to work with because of the fact there's no college baseball season happening at this point, that high schools around the country are, are closed and there's no high school athletics happening either. You still get the sense that they would just want to continue the process of bringing players into the league. Like even with the information that's been put together so far, even with the numbers that are available, previous scouting reports that were gathered, 
that the league would still want to move ahead and just kind of keep things going for whenever we are able to start up again. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure, you know, of the the motivations or how this is going to play out, but I certainly think that that would be a good thing. Uh, I'm certainly hoping that those considerations will lead them to just leave the draft alone and and you know go on, um, you know, whether it's at the a different date or at the the same date uh, for that to just happen as uh, as planned. Did you know that 75% of us are walking around everyday life chronically dehydrated? We are suffering needlessly from frequent headaches, energy slumps, and poor focus. It doesn't have to be this way. Hydrant creates flavored electrolyte packets you mix directly into your water to make hydrating your body easy and delicious. Each rapid hydration mix has the four essential electrolytes that your body needs. Sodium, potassium, magnesium, and zinc help you hydrate quickly and stay hydrated all day. And Hydrant is backed by research. The formula was developed by Oxford scientists to provide perfectly balanced, efficient hydration. There's no synthetic colors and no artificial sweeteners. The formula is vegan and you can choose between three different flavors or a variety pack. Hydrant starts at just a buck a packet for a 30-day supply. You can save even more with a monthly subscription. And for 25% off your first order, go to drinkhydrant.com and enter promo code BASEBALL at checkout. That's drinkhydrant.com and enter promo code BASEBALL for 25% off your first order. Uh, we got an, uh, an email, or I'm sorry, not an email. We got a tweet uh, from a listener, and this is fantastic. Now we've we've got uh, you know a lot of of topics planned for upcoming shows, uh, so we will continue to go on here. But we certainly welcome suggestions, and we got one from Henry Howard, who is on Twitter at Henry Howard. Uh, and he says, "I was suggested for a topic for the podcast. Are there players who were having great or awful spring trainings that you are recalculating their rankings since their hot or cold start will likely be affected uh, by the long layoff?" Uh, we both thought this was a great question, uh, and and Henry, just thank you for not only suggesting a, a great question for us to deal with, but for for bringing a, a suggestion to us. And um, I want to start answering this by asking you DVR do you agree with what I read into this a, a there being a premise that player stock does change their fantasy stock does change based on how well they perform in spring training because I feel like you and I have both uh, argued against that so I just kind of want to set the you know set the tone right there uh, by asking if you actually do agree with that premise I yeah I don't think spring training, results matter much i mean i think there may be some things in underlying numbers that teams will take into account if you see a player striking out a lot less or a lot more than usual if a player and this isn't even public facing data but if a player were to increase his average exit velocity or see a Mm -hmm. significant decrease in average exit velocity that might move the needle if we had that but we don't have access to that you know, on the pitching side, similar kinds of things. If a strikeout rate is way up, okay, we'd look and see why. Is there a new pitch that's been added? Is there extra velocity? So I think from a performance standpoint, it's definitely not the surface stats. It's more of the sort of process-driven stats that I'd be looking at if I were going to look at something for spring training. All right, well, let me follow that lead. Um, so two players come to mind immediately. Uh, Yusei Kikuchi, who had the much improved uh, average velocity, 
and um, then also Merrill Kelly. And that one's a little bit of a different and more complicated case because he had higher exit or higher pitch velocity than he did uh, a year prior, but it was right about where it was at the end of the season last year when he had a sizable jump. So those were two velocity changes that kind of stuck with me. Now the, the Kelly one's a little bit different because he had perhaps uh, an opportunity to get into the rotation of opening day because of the Mike Leak injury. But now maybe that's, sort of negated because Leak has more time to recover. But maybe we just stick with uh, Kikuchi. Uh, I don't really see how the break affects him. I mean, he, you know, right out the gate was pitching much harder, throwing much harder than he did last year. So I don't really see that come, say, June or, or July, you know, that that's not going to be affected. Right. If it's a mechanical adjustment, especially, then I feel really good about it. If it was more of a added strength situation maybe there's a chance a little bit of that increase slips away with the a period of reduced activity but with kikuchi i mean i think the last velocity reading i saw was that his fastball was touching 96 that was about two weeks ago Mm -hmm. Uh, so that was really encouraging and he was sitting 92 94 for most of that outing but if he's touching 96 that's definitely a step up from where he was last year i think the average fastball velocity for for kikuchi last year uh, was in the 92.5 range, which is just kind of okay. And it really makes you rely on secondary pitches to get swings and misses. So I, I definitely am more intrigued by him with that velocity bump. And I would look at something like that as a lot more sticky and meaningful than simply a pitcher who came out and had 12 good innings this spring. Okay, so then let's have the con- contrast with that. So, you know, somebody like you say, Kikuchi had a good spring because it was backed up by the improved velocity. That's something that, that doesn't change. But let's uh, look at the two pitchers who, uh, with Paxton looking like he was going to be out of the rotation for opening day, uh, you know, stood to uh, have solidified spots in the Yankees rotation. And that's Jordan Montgomery and Jonathan Loisega. You know, now there's probably just going to be room for one. So that's a situation that changed, but also they performed well. So uh, there are a couple of factors in play there. But with the time off, uh, how do you feel about either pitcher? Does one strike you as more likely than the other to stick in the rotation? Do you like them more or less because of how well they pitched in spring training now that they're going to have time off? How does that all play for you? So for me, I think Montgomery is another one of those guys who showed a little extra velocity. And I think part of it for him is that he was coming back from Tommy John surgery last year, progressed through a normal offseason, entering 2020. And I think because of Loisiga's injury history, uh, which is probably more troubling than Montgomery, even though Montgomery had Tommy John, my preference is Montgomery as a starter because I think you can get more innings from him. Uh, but Lois Sega grades out really favorably uh, in terms of the aces metric. And I, I look at the, the stuff that he brings to the table, and I think about you know, Jay Happ being a guy that is probably in a position where if he hits a, a prolonged stretch of struggles this year, the Yankees actually would pull him from the rotation. Um, you, you look at Masahiro Tanaka as a guy who's been dealing with a small tear in his elbow for years. Like There's always a chance that that gets worse, that he ends up missing time. Like, if Loisiga is the next guy up, that's still probably good enough in that rotation to where he's viable as a bench option, at least in deeper mixed leagues. So 
I prefer Montgomery, but I think Loisiga is still pretty rosterable in a good number of formats. Okay, and again, just to get back to, to Henry's question then, you're not really changing your forecast or your opinion of either of those pitchers just based on the layoff. And, and just to chime in, I, I am not changing my, you know, my forecast. No, no. I mean, I think I, I generally am worried about pitchers who are building up their activity if they're unable to you know, maintain activity in this sort of isolation shutdown period. We, we may have to change our expectations for how much spring training is still needed before players can yeah. be healthy enough to start the season. All right. Well, and just one more example, um, and just building on what you just said there. So Aristides Aquino had a, was having a miserable spring. He got two hits and 26 at-bats. They were both singles. And certainly with the crowded outfield situation there, it looked like he was on the fast track to AAA Louisville. But do you think maybe now he gets a reprieve and this is an opportunity for us to maybe upgrade him slightly? I think he was downgraded for me once they added both Akiyama and Castellanos because playing time was going to come at a premium if they didn't make a trade. So the bad spring didn't lower him further, but it sort of shined a light on what the Reds may have been concerned about with him at the end of last season. If you look at the September splits, it seemed like big league scouting reports solved Aristides Aquino at the end of the season. And in my head, I see Brewers pitching, like back-end Brewers starters, elevating fastballs against Aquino in September in my mind, and Aquino just swinging right through them. And that's just my lasting image of a guy who was a really fun player for a pretty long stretch after he was called up last year. I think he's going to eventually be a good big league regular, I just don't know if that opportunity is really going to be there in 2020 unless a few of the Reds outfielders succumb to injury. So he's kind of a uh, a victim of a crowded depth chart. And the poor spring probably just makes it easier for the Reds to say, yeah, we did the right thing. We went out and got our guys and Aquino goes back to AAA. Yeah. Well, you know, there are a few other players uh, that I certainly want to discuss in regards to this question. So I think we'll just table those for a later episode. And Henry, again, thank you very much for the question. And if uh, you out there have questions you'd like us to tackle, please do uh, find us on Twitter. I'm at Al Melchior BB. Uh, you can get uh, Derek at Derek Van Riper or Michael Beller at M Beller. Uh, all of us on Twitter. And let me just direct you to today's featured read, this one from John Sickles. So if you need your your prospect fix, uh, John still has that for you. And uh, his latest piece is Bryce Ball, Ford Proctor, and eight more dynasty bats worthy of your attention. I don't know that all of them have names as great as Bryce Ball and Ford Proctor, but read the piece and judge for yourself. So uh, check that out. And on that note, we're going to wrap up this episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15. If you're not already a subscriber to The Athletic, you can get 40% off a subscription at theathletic.com slash baseball in 15. And currently, The Athletic is also uh, offering uh, a three-month free trial. So Try that if uh, if you're not sure. Uh, no risk. Uh, everything that we do is included with a subscription. And if you're enjoying this podcast on a platform that lets you leave a rating and review, we'd greatly appreciate it if you took the time to do that. So for Derek Van Riper, I'm Al Melchior. We will be back with you on Monday. Monday.